0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy, everybody. It is a Wednesday, eighth day in November. And no, your mind isn't playing tricks on you. It is me. And yes, if you were up early about 12 hours ago, yeah, it was me then too. I'm back. Daily Double. Had so much fun this morning, we have to do it again. Grasso Show. But don't get too excited. It's an abbreviated version. Only 30 minutes. We're taking it right up until 7 o'clock. Then it's Knicks basketball tonight. Wemba Mania coming to MSG tonight. Knicks and the Spurs will have all the coverage beginning with our pal Pat at 7 with the pregame show. So it's rapid fire. That is how we roll when we have these short shows. So light up them lines. 800-919-3776. Anything you want to get into tonight, it is up. For discussion you know it's gonna be football you know it's gonna be baseball Dave and I had a lot of fun talking about the Yankee stuff the Mets stuff everything going on from the GM meetings out there in Arizona and it's all the football stuff where if you're a Giant fan you hope that it's not as painful as it could be on Sunday because the Cowboys are going to be coming in off of a loss they're going to want to get themselves right they love nothing more than taking it out on the Giants just like they did week one when it was 40 to nothing and now they're going to be teeing off on Tommy DeVito. Giants are already getting 16 points. Lord knows how much more that spread can even swell to by the time you get to Sunday afternoon. And then you got the Jets situation. And I was just at Florham Park a little while ago in the locker room talking to some guys, doing the interviews and stuff for the pregame show on Sunday when they take on the Raiders. And we also spoke a lot about their situation this morning, too. And a lot of it centered around the quarterback. Well, I got some news for you guys, and it may or may not come as a surprise to everybody out there, but anybody that wants the team to pull the plug on the quarterback and thinks that that is going to solve everything that ails this offense right now, whether it be Tim Boyle, whether it be Trevor Simeon, because those are the only options right now, but at least for right at this very moment, they're not making a quarterback change. And it's pretty consistent to what the head coach has been preaching the last couple of days. They're riding with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson right now gives them the best chance to win football games. Now, you may not like that. You might be upset. You still might want your pound of flesh if you're a fan. I get all those things, right? You're unhappy about the way this offense has performed and functioned over the last couple of weeks. You know what? So are the guys in that locker room. So are the coaches, But in-house, they don't have a better alternative right now. Now, it's fair game if you want to sit here and say, why didn't you try to do something to remedy that during the offseason, earlier in the season? That's all well and good. And the other thing that you can't do in the meantime is you can't allow yourself just to think that magically, in about six weeks' time or any time before the season is over, that Aaron Rodgers is going to come riding in on a white horse to save this season. You can't do that. And I don't know necessarily if that's a good mindset collectively that this team could take with them moving forward because you have to focus in on the here and now. You got to focus in on beating the Raiders this week. You can't just think like, oh, you know, we'll be fine because Aaron's coming back in December. No, that's not the case. Nobody knows if that's going to happen. But you can't allow your mind to play games like that because – You've got games to win right now. And if you don't win games, whatever remote possibility it might be of him coming in to possibly make an encore appearance later this year, it's going to mean absolutely nothing if the team is below 500 and not even playing for anything significantly. And that's the tricky part of this thing. Look, I said this morning that there are a lot of issues right now that you could point to as to why this offense is not functioning the way that it should. The way that it should for a playoff team or a team with legitimate designs on making the postseason. It's not just one guy. I understand that the quarterback is going to get the majority of the blame. That's all well and good. But it doesn't mean that he is the chief culprit because I think that everybody has to play a part in this. The offensive line has certainly had their issues. Okay, The production from other guys – in this offense you want to say the skill position players i think that that's fair ba- fair game they could also do their jobs a little bit better you know players coaches everybody has a hand in this thing but the quarterback is an easy target and he's going to get most of the blame that's just the way it works in professional sports and again i'm going to stress what i said earlier today the quarterback has to play better absolutely he'll be the first one to tell you that as a matter of fact no I didn't hear everything that he said today because I was off doing other things when he was doing his little media gathering but he'll be the first one to admit looking in the mirror and saying yeah I have to play better it's on me I'm the only one with the ball in my hands every single play two people involved in a football game a football team get a win and a loss attached to their names the head coach and the quarterback. Not the running back, not the center, not the wide receivers, not the tight ends, not the defensive line. It's the quarterback and the coach. And that might be fair, it might be unfair, but you know what? It comes with the territory. In most cases, that's why they get paid the most money, too. That's what they're there for. So if you're asking me right now, do I think that this is fixable? Yeah, absolutely, I do. I think it is. And they've got a team in the Raiders coming up on Sunday night that you bet they could go in there and beat. All right. You can't use last week's game against the Giants, which were a broken team at that point and say, oh, yeah, that's the Raiders and the Raiders making the head coaching change and getting rid of Josh McDaniels and all these different things. And Antonio Pierce firing them all up. That's the new Raiders. That's one game. That's only going to get you so far. But there are also some things that the Jets have to clean up, and I think that they'll admit that as well. Collectively, with the special teams, the defense, the offense, they didn't play well enough to beat the Chargers the other night. But the formula for out much of the season has been defense does their job, special teams is usually pretty reliable, and then the offense does just enough to get by to help them win games. We know what the formula needs to be. Right? We can't kid ourselves. This is who they are. Starting fast would be, I would say, sort of beneficial, don't you think? That one first quarter touchdown, you would like to add on to that a little bit more so you're not always playing from behind because you don't have a quick strike offense and one that's immediately going to be able to erase whatever deficits that you may have as a team. You're 4-4, four and four. and I know that in this city and in this league, you play 17 games, but it's viewed as almost 17 one-game seasons. Now, that's the media, that's the fans, that's everybody. It's so heavily scrutinized because that's the popularity that the league attaches itself to, where everything is magnified. One game feels like an entire season. And so most recently, that season for the Jets, it just played itself out 48 hours ago, and it didn't go all that well on a national TV stage to where if you watch the game, it probably was not as lopsided as what the final score indicated. You know, we all gave you the statistics yesterday. Everybody knows that the Chargers really didn't do a hell of a lot offensively in that game, and yet they still found a way to win the game by three touchdowns. Special teams came into play, everything. But they're a 4-4 four four football team essentially midway through the season. Not 2-7, and seven, not 1-8. They still have things to play for here. It's not a total disaster. And I'm going to rewind a couple of weeks ago. To what we said at the bye week because when they got to three and three at the bye fresh off a win their best win of the season against the philadelphia eagles when they got to three and three at the bye what do we say you ask any jet fan out there four plays into the season would you sign up for three and three at the bye every single one of them probably would have done so well down, doesn't the same thing apply just two weeks later you're four and four you won a game that maybe you shouldn't have won, but it still counts. And you lost the game which you deserve to lose. But you're still four and four. With a winnable game coming up on Sunday to get you back over five hundred and still everything to play for, with then back to back divisional games coming up the next two weeks with a trip to Buffalo and then taking on Miami. It's still there for the taking. And we've seen this team look unimpressive one week and then turn things around to suddenly look like a completely different team the next week, and they shock people by beating the likes of the Philadelphia Eagles, going toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that they probably should have won. It's a new week, and this is not just the Jets we're talking about. You could talk about any team in the NFL, how their DNA and how their flesh is going to change from one week to the next. Look at the Giants, right? I mean, they essentially had to play the Jets with one hand tied behind their back. And probably deserved a better fate than the one they got. And then they go out to play the Raiders, and they look like they didn't know how to play football. And that they had never played a game together with one another. Maybe it's a positive that the Raiders got that dominant game out of their system. So now the Jets are going in there as the so-called hungrier, more desperate football team, given how poorly they played on Monday night. But that doesn't mean anything once they kick the football off. You got to go out there and earn it. But anybody who's going to sit there, and we heard from you this morning, that thinks that Zach Wilson needs to be sent to the bench, Zach Wilson needs to be sent out of town, does he have to play better? 100%. But that ain't happening anytime soon. Because of the cornerbacks on this roster right now, he gives them the best chance to win a football game. You can choose to believe that at your own will. But I'm just telling you the facts. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're lighting up the phone lines. We're going rapid fire till 7 o'clock here. Let's start it off with Ira in Staten Island. He's first up here on 98.7 ESPN. What is hey, up, I? How are you?
1: Hey, good evening. Always glad to hear you morning and night. So um, you know, regardless of who plays quarterback, first of all everybody knows the offensive line, however they're gonna get this mash in uh, in place, they gotta get better production out of it. But I look at the offense and I look at Hackett and you know, I think he's gotta he, he's gotta put his best skill position players on the field together a lot. And I think the lack of production at a number two receiver spot, okay? I think you've got to get Cook on the field the same time you have Hall on the field. Now, you can't do it every down, but at least you've got two playmakers, and then you got Wilson, and maybe you could add in one of the tight ends. Now, all of a sudden, defenses, they're going to kind of have to worry. I mean, realistically, I'm not making excuses for mm-hmm. Wilson, but you take away Garrett Wilson, you take away Hall, I mean, where's Zach really going? He's, nobody else is helping him out. So now all of a sudden you've got Cook out there. It's like you've got an extra weapon on the field. And I think it, it would just make defenses, we just spread them out. And, but if you can't protect the quarterback, regardless who's playing quarterback, if the offensive line just can't give them some type of production, it's not going to matter. So I think it starts up front, and I think Hackett's got to get creative with these
0: skill position players because I think there's enough on this team where they should be able to score points. I don't disagree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. And, look, they're still trying to figure things out on that offensive line. Don't know when Dwayne Brown is coming back. It's got to be sometime in the next two weeks because that's when the window ends to be able to activate him. But early in the season, I think it was in that Buffalo game, the the, the first game. They played a lot of 13 personnel that night with the three tight ends. And they sprinkled. Then they went away from it for a couple of weeks. Then they got back to it. I believe it was in that Kansas City game. You saw that a lot. You know, the virtue of having the three tight ends out on the field now You don't want to say they're as much of a game-breaker as what a wide receiver might be. Okay, fine, but at least you have a couple of guys in there who are very, very capable blockers, which can help in protection, number one, maybe spring some holes in the running game, and when they're asked to make some plays in the passing game, they can also do that. I think that personnel grouping is one you should stick with. Now, when you're talking about Dalvin Cook, we know that he hasn't really gotten going yet, and who knows if he's even going to in the second half of the season. But with me personally, what I would like to feature is you know, with Brees Hall, we know how successful he is in the pass game. Put Brees Hall out in the slot or something like that or spread him out wide and then put Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Or even look to get Michael Carter going a little bit more as one of those two guys. If Brees Hall, and I understand he's a running back by trade, but if Brees Hall is one of your top playmakers and he's shown that he is more than capable of contributing in the passing game, then flex him out wide and then put somebody else in the backfield if need be. Now, I understand that... You don't want to have a liability back there either when it comes to blocking if they're going to come with a blitz, which is also a problem because keeping the quarterback upright is probably of the number one importance. Because I don't know if things, well, uh, forget about it, I'll say it this way. Things ain't going to necessarily get better if this quarterback goes down and he got to play one of the other guys. Because if realistically one of the other guys gave them a better chance to win at this point, they probably would be on the field already. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. No show for us tomorrow because we've got Rangers against Minnesota. Um, but Friday, we got a full football Friday, full sh- I can't remember the last time we had a full uninterrupted football Friday show, but we will indeed have that two nights from now. Looking forward to it. We'll have Jordan. We'll have Buttle, have all the Jets and Giants angles covered here. And by the way, with the Giants, I you know, Daniel Jones stood at his locker today and answered all the questions and, you know, he's in a tough spot. He thinks that he suffered the knee injury on the final play of the first quarter. And, of course, all the questions primarily centered around him and his future with the team and the Giants' possibility, I guess we'll call it a possibility at this point, of them drafting another quarterback in the spring. And he said all the right things. You know, he can only control what he can control, and he's going to work on his rehab and trying to get back out on the field as soon as possible. But it's got to be a tough blow. You know, any athlete in that situation to come to grips with, you know, what went down. You know, and some people are going to say, well, he got the money. Yeah, he got the money. But you know what? You're an athlete, you're a competitor, you want to go out there and play. You know, that's your job, that's your livelihood. And it's not like he's an old dude by any stretch. He still has a lot of football ahead of him. And, you know, hope for his sake, whether it's here or someplace else, that he's going to be able to go out there and play football. But if you're the Giants, you owe it to the organization to still go out and find a solution to the most important position in all of sports, and that is the quarterback. And right now I would be shocked – if the Giants aren't using that first-round pick in the spring on another signal caller. But we shall see. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Joey in the car, up next here on 9870
1: ESPN. Joe, how are you? Hey, hey I'm doing great. By the way, the show in the morning was amazing. Thank really you, Joe. It.
0: We had some fun. Always like working with Dave.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I wanted to uh, like clarify a point, which is I agree with you 100% regarding mm-hmm. Zach Wilson they kept on saying that they should have gotten a quarterback after Rogers went down after game one. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Um, you know, Zach played a decent game against Buffalo. I know it wasn't a great game, but he, you know, he was competent and he was able, and they won the game. So Salah is going to be like, Hey, what's my next option here? You know?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Joe, look, that's the direction they went. And I thank you for the phone call. And, and again, look, we got into it a little bit this morning. Right. And I understand that taking an easy shot at the at the front office at this point as to why they didn't go out and have a little bit more of a contingency plan. I, I get all those things. But to what Joe said, and I guess I was saying this morning that, okay, they beat the Bills that first game. They won the football game. And Zach didn't play horrible that night. And Zach had been in the offseason program learning the offense and was getting comfortable with it, all those things. And they were going to ride it out with him because they thought they had a team good enough to still win, maybe not Super Bowl caliber without Aaron Rodgers, but at least maybe a team good enough to compete for a playoff spot with Zach Wilson. Well, a funny thing happened along the way. You suffered some injuries to other key players on that offensive line since then. You're at, what, three starters on that offensive line since game one? Other players that you counted on, wide receiver, they have either been injured or not produced and gotten the production that you thought. And the quarterback has taken his lumps. But the defense is still good. They've survived injuries along the way. I mean, think about, like, people, the game they won against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. And they did it, essentially, with three corners who were, like, fourth, fifth, and sixth on the depth chart. And they beat the Philadelphia Eagles and made life miserable for Jalen Hurts. And forced turnovers and all those things, like, that counts too. But as far as getting a new quarterback in, right, and this morning we were having some fun going back and forth about Josh Dobbs, for example. All right, Josh Dobbs, I get it. He's the flavor of the month now because he came off the couch and went to Minnesota, and he learned, you know, whatever part of the offense basically, you know, uh, on the ground, drawing up plays in the dirt, and he was able to rally them for a victory over the Falcons. Let me tell you something. Josh Dobbs, and I was talking to guys in the locker room, like actual fellow football players in the NFL today. Like, they play the same sport as Josh Dobbs. And they said as much that, you know, he had no pressure on him. And sometimes when you go out there and play free and relaxed and there's no expectations on you, sometimes it's almost like you're a kid again back out there at the playground with your friends and at the park. And that's essentially what – Josh Dobbs had nothing to lose in that game, right? Right? He was a guy that they brought in as an insurance policy because Kirk Cousins went down. They started somebody else who also got hurt. So he goes in there essentially as the number three guy like, hey, I got nothing to lose. And he went out there and he pulled out a win because, by the way, the Atlanta Falcons were not game planning all week for Joshua Dobbs because they didn't think he was going to play. You know how many times in all my years of watching professional football have I seen a backup quarterback, I don't care how long he's been on the team, come off the bench during a game due to injury or whatever and lead that team to victory? Because they never prep for that guy. But you know what's going to happen this week? The Vikings are playing the Saints. Saints are going to have a full week of practice to prep for Joshua Dobbs. A full week. And I guarantee you, they're going to come up with a plan to where Joshua Dobbs is not going to be as effective come Sunday as he was last week in that game coming off the bench. I guarantee you that's going to happen. I mean, a guy who had no wins as a starting quarterback and has been on, what, three or four teams, you're telling me that uh, the Jets, in this case, should have stopped and moved heaven and earth to go out there and bring in him like he was going to save their season. Okay. Like the three other teams or whatever that he played for they're all stupid collectively and just let him walk out the door and felt that he wasn't good enough just because. Right? The Pittsburgh Steelers, among others. Pittsburgh Steelers who, if you walk into their facility, you have to walk around all the Lombardi trophies they have in there because, you know, you win those by accident. But the Pittsburgh Steelers thought that, oh, yeah, he's he, – he's, they just let go a future star in the making because that's what they do. Whatever. Whatever makes the wind flow on a given day, right? 800 919 3776. That is the telephone number. So, coming up tonight, we got Knicks basketball. See if they could get two in a row here after that good win they had against the Clippers. Let's see if Randall could string together back to back decent games. That would, of course, be a step in the right direction. And look, it's on national TV, ESPN. You know, it's going to be about Wembayama this, Wembayama that. I-, I get it, but. The Knicks should still go out there and beat the Spurs. They're a better basketball team than San Antonio. Get to 500 and then get this season off and rolling. That's what the task should be.